With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, Liverpool are in a cup final. Last night, Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-0 at the Emirates to qualify for the League Cup final, in which they will face Chelsea. Now, I'm not sure how this is going to work, because obviously Arsenal qualified for the final after their heroic 0-0 draw at Anfield. So will all three teams be on the pitch at once? Will there be three goal mouths? How is this going to work? I need answers. Uh, But seriously, Liverpool dominated Arsenal at the Emirates last night. To be fair, Arsenal had a really good first 15 minutes and we looked really nervy. We didn't seem to start quickly. They did, and they were very aggressive. Arteta, after all the shenanigans at the weekend and the lying about injuries and the faking of injuries, named pretty much his strongest 11. Ramsdale and goal, Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel and Tierney. Lakonga as the holding midfielder. Thomas Partey would play there. He was on the bench. And more on him in a bit. Saka, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli behind Lacazette. If that's their best 11, bar that holding midfield role. If they'd had Fabinho last night and Diogo Jota instead of Lacazette, that would be a really scary team. Because Jota is what they need up front. Fabinho is what they need in midfield. There's quite a lot to like about the rest. Ben White's not a particularly good defender and Ramsdale's a bit of a clown. But... Tomiyasu, Gabriel, Tierney, Saka, Odegaard, Smithrow, Martinelli, they're really good players. And when you saw the team come out with Partey on the bench, Rob Holding, Nuno Tavares, Eddie Nketiah, and then a bunch of kids, including Charlie Patino, who's the highest rated young player to come through their academy of all time, apparently. Um, you knew there'd been shenanigans at the weekend. Liverpool lined up with Queeving Kelleher in goal, and I have to say... I was a little bit concerned that it wasn't Allison because Keller is a good goalkeeper, there's no doubt. But Allison is Allison, and anything other than Allison causes me concern. Maybe it's the hangover from the the time that Adrian had to play. Maybe it's the years of watching, you know, Mignolet and, and stuff like that. I don't know, but unless Allison's there, I, I do get a bit nervy. Uh, Trent at right back, Joel Matip, Virgil Van Dijk, and Andy Robertson joining him in defence. Henderson, Fabinho, and Curtis Jones across the midfield. Cade Gordon, Bobby Firmino, and Diogo Jota up front. We had Alisson, Ibrahima Kanate, James Milner, Joe Gomez, Adrian, Taki Minamino, 
Costa Simicus, Nico Williams and Tyler Morton on the bench. So a fairly strong Liverpool team missing three starters in terms of Thiago, Salah and Mane plus Alisson, so four starters. And I think we'd all agree Naby or Harvey should be starting. Harvey obviously also out with an injury, but Naby away at AFCON. So we're missing quite a few players. They're at full strength. They're at home. They've already qualified, according to their fans. Uh, Ben White screamed, this is what we do. At Anfield, their fans told us we were getting beaten. And, uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, The Reds go one up on 19 minutes against the run of play. Kelleher plays to Matip. Matip plays the ball into midfield. Bobby Firmino has dropped deep. It's a gorgeous little flick to send Trent rampaging clear. He plays it to Diogo Jota, who nutmegs Tomiyasu, drives at the heart of their defence, and completely scuffs his shot. From the edge of the box, he dribbles a shot, and I mean dribbles a shot, that barely had enough power to reach the goal line. I don't know what Aaron Ramsdale was doing, but... It found its way into the back of the net, basically right in the middle of the goal. It's a really bad finish from Jota, and Ramsdale is just all over the place. His footwork is shocking. Aaron Ramsdale reminds me of the type of lad who, you know when you're a kid and your cousin comes over during the summer or something, and... You know, he's a big athletic fella, plays all the sports. Not necessarily a goalkeeper, you know, plays all the sports, though. He he might be a centre-back or a midfielder, plays rugby, probably more of a rugby player than a football player. So he goes in goal. And he's very willing to throw himself around the place. He's a bit, a bit touched. He's a bit touched. And he flings himself around the place and he's big and he's awkward and he gets in the way of things. But when it comes to the basic fundamentals of actually being a goalkeeper, he's he's just awful. And that's Aaron Ramsdale. That is Aaron Ramsdale. Um, from there, we just dominated the game. We really did do whatever we wanted from there. Uh, We had the ball in the net through Joel Matip after a Fabinho header from a corner, but Matip was offside. That might have been before the goal. But either way, um, we dominated the first half. We went in 1-0 up, and the Emirates, which had been fairly loud for the first 10 minutes, was very, very quiet. Into the second half we go, and it's more Liverpool. It's all Liverpool. Cade Gordon should make it 2 Brilliant work by Jota down the left. Makes a fool of Ben White. Cuts the ball back. Gordon is eight yards out, right in front of goal, and he spoons it over the bar. Now, that's two games in a row that Cade has missed big chances. But what I would say is, at 17, I would rather see him get his way into those areas with intelligent movement, appreciation of space, reading the game and timing and miss the chance, then play on the periphery of the game and never really get involved. You know, often you see a young player come into a big game and when they go off, the commentator says something like, 
It's been a tough evening for that young man, but he's done himself proud and he learned from the experience. Those type of games don't really benefit young players, but this type of thing does. And in Cade last night, we saw unusual levels of game intelligence for a kid who is only 17 and not long turned 17. Remember, he was 16 when the season started. But his pressing was brilliant. His ability to block passing angles, his understanding of where he needs to position himself was sensational. He carries the ball well. He's got a brilliant first touch. He's a clever passer of the ball. He's very calm. And his movement, his timing is all there. That kid looks like he could score an an awful lot of goals for this club. We almost scored a few minutes later. Ibu Kanate, who'd come on for Joel Matip at half-time, not sure whether Matip was injured or just rested, but he wasn't good in the first half. It was one of Joel's poor performances. Uh, Very loose in possession, looked really doddery on the ball. Kanate came on, looked like a force of nature, as he always does. Uh, Went up for a header on a corner and thumped it against the post. Ball fell to Henderson on the rebound, and Ramsdale made a save, but Henderson was offside. But it was all Liverpool. It was one-way traffic at this point. I don't really recall Kelleher having to make a save after the first few minutes, other than one from Martinelli where he cut in and fired a left-footed shot from a narrow angle. We were very comfortable in the game, and we made it two on 77. Martinelli slipped. Trent picked the ball up and didn't even think, just just played the pass. 40 yards over the top of Ben White. Jota coming across. Perfect control on his chest. Angles his run right across Ben White, knowing if he touches him, it's a red card. Draws the keeper, lifts it over him. It's an unbelievable goal. VAR checked it. The linesman had ruled it offside, but VAR checked it, and he was clearly onside. He looked across the line. He'd seen Gabriel deeper than him. He knew where he was. He knew what he was doing. It's an outstanding goal. And Jota was tremendous last night in all, all aspects of the game. And often the criticism of him is he doesn't really affect games if he's not scoring goals. Last night... Even without his goals, he was still affecting the game. I thought Fabinho was sensational in midfield. Slow start. Took him 20 minutes to find his feet in the game. And then his passing was a little bit loose for maybe another 5 to 10. But from 30 on, he was just on a level that no Arsenal player could reach. None of them came close to him. I thought Curtis Jones had probably his best domestic game of the season. Second best overall after Porto away in the Champions League, but Curtis was very good. His ball carrying was good. Defensively, he was good. Thought he did a really good job at tracking and keeping hold of Odegaard. You like to see that. The only criticisms you'd have of Curtis is he still holds the ball a little bit longer than he should. You'd like to see him just release that ball a little bit earlier. Um, Trent was sensation at right back. Andy Robertson was amazing at left back. He put Bikayo Saka in his pocket and he ran the legs off Arsenal up and down that left flank. 
got himself into dangerous position after dangerous position, delivered some great crosses into the box. Andy was great. Virgil and Ibu were excellent. Virgil still feeling his way back. You can tell he's not 100% back to full power. And it's often said that with the ACL and, and injuries of that nature, it's a year to get back on the pitch and then a year to rediscover your level. So, you know, the thing is, he's still the best defender in the league. He's still the best central defender in the world. It's just that the gap between him and number two isn't the massive, massive canyon that it was before. You'd have to be very pleased with that performance last night. Thomas Partey came off the Arsenal bench. Why? I don't know. He had flown back from Cameroon that day to play against Burnley at the weekend. Arteta put him on the bench and then brought him on. And if you see the picture, if you check the EPL Index um, Twitter account, there's a tweet there quoting David Ornstein's uh, tweet, which is a screenshot of an apology that Thomas Partey has issued today for getting sent off on 90 for a second yellow card. That, That second yellow card was a red card in itself. But he's issued an apology. He'll now miss the Burnley game, which makes it all the more funny. Um, but if you look at the picture that we've put up, he just looks like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world than sat on a bench, having been in Cameroon earlier yesterday in what I'd imagine is is fairly decent temperature to come back to a cold January night in London. He just looked miserable, absolutely miserable. But, um, yeah, the Reds come away with a 2-0 win. Arsenal very much in the mud, which you love to see. And uh, on to Wembley we go. We'll play Chelsea. We should have Thiago back. We'll definitely have Mo and Mane back. We'll have Naby back. Might even have Harvey Elliott back. Jurgen Klopp said today, or might have been last night, but I think it was today, that Harvey should be ready after the international break. Now, I'm shocked if that's true but Jürgen has a habit of saying things like last year when Henderson got hurt against Everton there was an international break coming up and he said he'll be back after the international break and then we didn't see him again for the rest of the season so I'm not sure if I put much faith into that like we've also been told Thiago's back after the international break we'll wait and we'll see Um, but if Harvey's back I mean that's going to be a big boost Need to temper the expectations, but having him back will be great. And I think we'll be pretty much full strength then. Nat will be fit again. He'll likely be sold. Divock will be back. Now, we might pick up an injury or two in, on the way, and maybe Joel picked up something last night. Who knows? Uh, but all very, very good. I did like Jurgen Klopp's comments after the game about Gabriel Martinelli. This is the second time that unprompted Klopp has just said that that kid is really, really special. He's definitely playing the long game. He's definitely planting the seed with Martinelli that, you know, you really should be playing in a different shade of red, my friend, uh, because that's a very special young player. I thought Trent did a brilliant job against him yesterday, but he still caused problems. He causes more problems than any other Arsenal player. Um, on This Is Anfield today, there's plenty of pre-match coverage. Jota Jones and how vital is a League Cup final win. The last word on Arsenal versus Liverpool. 
Liverpool too good as for Arsenal as Jota scored. He's among the shows. He's among the finest goal scorers. Jota back on the goal trail to book decade return. Five talking points from the game. Uh, bits on Jurgen Klopp's uh, press conference. Plenty, plenty of new stuff to read on this is Anfield. Uh, so make sure you give that a quick glance or an extended glance if you have the time. Uh, on Liverpool.com, the lead piece is entitled Liverpool can gain advantage over Man City and Chelsea thanks to a major, major new transfer rule. Not really. This is the rule about being able to loan out players. All City was, will do is move chess pieces around. So they'll just transfer players from Manchester City to one of their other, one of the other members of the City football group. So that won't really affect them. Chelsea it will have a big effect on, but at the same time, I imagine they'll find a workaround. There's a bit on Harvey. Liverpool bid, Liverpool playmaker bid confirmed as Jurgen Klopp could sanction Barcelona transfer. This is the media digest. Um, Mikel Legohead Arteta claims Liverpool were lucky. I'm disappointed because when you have a final one game away, you have that level of excitement and you're really looking forward to it. We did everything we could to put out a competitive team. We had our moments in the game against the top side in the first half. Certainly, we had chances to hit the bar in the second half. At the beginning, the same thing. But you have to score. When that happens, that's the difference. This time, they got beyond the halfway the first time they got beyond the halfway line, they scored a goal with a bit of luck, and that changed the tide. First of all, it wasn't the first time we got beyond the halfway line. Don't be ridiculous. And secondly, your goalkeeper was the the main part of that luck. Uh, obviously, Klopp plays, praising Martinelli. Liverpool have submitted a bid for Ishmael Garby of PSG, according to Fabrice Hawkins. He and Fabio Carvalho look like two young players who are out of contract at the end of the season that we were going to try and steal. Uh, Firmino, Firmino tipped to balance the books. Um, Football Insider suggesting that we'll sell Bobby, which is, you know, it's utter tripe, as is uh, as is everything that you read from Football Insider. Um, and that's basically it. They don't actually have a whole lot of stuff up today. They don't have a whole bunch up today. They've got some, some post-match stuff in that that you can read. But uh, I would rather read that this is Anfield post-match personally. On AnfieldIndex.com, there are player ratings, which you can check out. They are by Stephen Smith. So we've got Cuevin Kelleher with a 7, Trent with a 9, Andy Robertson with a 7.5. I think that's low. Uh, Virgil with a 7, Matip with a 5.5. I think that's fair. Fabinho with 7.5. I think that's low. Henderson with a six. That's fair. He's been better the last two games. But he's not playing well. He's just been okay. But it's much better than what we were seeing from him prior to that. He was subbed off last night for James Milner. Thankfully, we didn't have to see Milderson at any point, which is probably why we won the game. Uh, Curtis a seven. I, I would have gone to an eight for him. 5.5 for Kate Gordon. I, I think that's. I think that's harsh. I really do. I think Cade was 7 out of 10 last night, personally. Uh, 8.5 for Jota. 7 for Bobby. 6.5 for Ibu. 5.5 for Taki, who came on for Cade. Um, 
5.5 for James Milner and no rating for Nico Williams, who came on right at the death just to run out some clock. And a 7.5 for Jurgen Klopp. And that is all we have in terms of writing. We've got a couple of new podcasts up. There is a post-match medium rare. Guy Drinkle joined by Dave Horrocks and Carl Wilkinson to discuss the the win over, over Arsenal. And the latest rival recon is also out. You can check that out now. Harry Setti and Jay from the Eagles beat. Jay's a cracking lad. That's a really good, really good pull from Harry. So that'll be a good one. There's also the new scouted, myself and Carl Matchett having a look ahead to Crystal Palace. We had a bu- chat about a bunch of different things. So give that one a go. And uh, that is it, folks. That is me for today. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully the Reds can beat Crystal Palace. Should be a good game. You'd expect that we'll largely have the same team out again. Maybe Tacky starts for Cade. Ibu starts for Matip. Maybe Costas in for Robbo, just to rest Robbo after a bunch of games. But all in all, I think it'll be largely the same team. Uh, So it should be a good game. If we draw, remember this. Now, I want you to remember this. If we draw, it is the fault of one man and one man only, Carl Matchett. Matchett will be in attendance for this game. The last game he was at was the Brentford game. We drew that one. He may well be a jinx. So if we lose, I want you to go to Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, create one. At Carl Matchett and tell him that he is a charlatan a scoundrel, a scallywag, and a jinx. But be nice about it. Dear Mr. Matchett, you, sir, are a scoundrel, a scallywag, a charlatan, and a jinx. Yours sincerely, whatever your name may be. See you Monday. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.